0: As I get older and people are like, how are you so happy? How are you so this? And I'm kind of like, well, you know what, actually, the answer is, is that I work at it.
1: Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, editor-in-chief of Insta Magazine, and each week I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Now, Kate Hudson, in our hearts and minds for 20-something years now, an incredible actress and, frankly, human serotonin. She's a mom of three, a ray of sunshine, and also our March cover. Hey, Hudson, welcome to Ladies First. (laughs) (laughs) I am happy to be here, Laura, Laura Brown. I've known you a long time, been an admirer of yours for longer than that. I think what you've done has been. You're so sort of consistent in in how you, and that is a huge compliment in your mood and what you project and the joy that you show in things, whether or not you might be feeling it, we'll get into that. That's hugely valuable and no more so than now. I texted you and said, we need your trademarked sunshine on the cover of this magazine because it will be the beginning of February. So we need the... We need the to hide. let the
0: sunshine in.
1: We need <laughs> the Kate Hudson serotonin <laughs> capsules. So Aww. I said, do you, do you want to do this? Only if we can rave. So we did a sort of 90s inspired rave kind of shoot, which we know what they are. Half of my team does not.
0: I only went to raves because I was at like certain festivals. With certain guys I had kids with. And (laughs) (laughs) how many concerts have you been to? I can't even count them. I mean, I spent my entire 20s on a bus. Chris was playing gigs, or I was working and we were working somewhere. And my ex, he plays, like he really tours. And then, mm. you know, I met Bing's dad and he toured a lot. So, I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts, not to mention the ones that I like to see. So, yeah. How's your hearing? Are you dead Pretty yet? good. Are, am I screaming? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good. I protect my ears. I protect my ears. Ryder's dad, on the other hand, he doesn't even wear in ears.
1: A lesson in convivial relationships with your ex is well done. Very modern.
0: Anyway, look, I mean, look, here we are. Here's your cover. Oh, and the sky is so happy. Can you believe it? That makes me happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know because you're such a depressive. I thought I'd cheer you up.
0: I always think it also might be the number one misconception of my personality, you know, is that I'm just always happy when in fact, like I'm actually quite dramatic and, you know, I, I've been through a lot of, you know, my own stuff and I am not always happy, but I do have an optimistic gene. I think I must have gotten that from my mom. For me, it's like a survival mechanism. You know, I'm definitely a pick up your bootstraps kind of person. No, obviously you've been so
1: known since you were young, so you could have been a Right, asshole. Frankly, but
0: um, <laughs> I bet I have been sometimes. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I heard that
1: there's one person you you had killed. No, but when you, were you a pleasery when you were younger, or were you like, I'm going to get on with everybody and I'm going to make it nice?
0: No, I was actually really hard headed. Right. I was reading this really interesting article about words you should never call kids, and one of them was calling girls bossy. Because it's implying that their leadership skill or their need to assert themselves is negative, that they're therefore bossy. Well, I was just, I was called bossy all the time. <laughs> I, like, I don't mind the word bossy. I, I really? No, I, because I, I think that, no, so go on. Why were you called bossy? Sorry. I, I Well, I mean, I don't, I don't really mind much if I'm being honest, I, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think it's inter- I think it's an interesting psychology because I remember when people would call me bossy and I would be like, I just want to do this. When I was younger, I was really headstrong. I was really like, knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I wasn't the kid that followed other people. It's like, if people didn't want to do what I wanted to do as a kid, like I would just go do whatever I wanted, you know? And I liked to have fun. I liked to party. I liked to have fun, but I was never—I—I—I I, I was never like the gentle girl, you know. I was the girl that like stood up for my friends and would get in someone's like, you know, a boy's face if if they were like being mean to my friends. <laughs> I was that. No, that, but you you up you, you <laughs> your chest a little bit, right? And go, yeah. I'd be like, uh, "Don't talk to my friend that way." I was that girl. Do you still do that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I even had one friend who spoke to his wife around me in a certain way. And I just said, look, you can do whatever you want. But when you're a guest in my house, I I can't have you talking to your wife like that. It's just, I can't hear it. I can't not stick up for my girlfriends.
1: How assertive
0: are you? Have you always, have you always
1: been, you know, like that?
0: Okay. So this is, this is a great question because I think what's interesting about what I'm saying is, is that that was my nature when I was young. Right. And I still have that. But I think as I got older, I got a little scared of that. I then, then as I got older, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to like stay in my lane, do hard work, not assert myself like that. Right. Right. My assertiveness really isn't necessarily about like having to be right about things. It's more about getting, just doing the best that I do in the things that I'm choosing to do. Right. So much of, of,
1: of cheer, optimism, help is part of your brand and your commercial stuff. And so I always find this interesting with, with women I know who, um, are known and have a brand
0: that marketing of yourself, right. How, you know, how do they coexist? I got famous really young, you know, I was 20 years old when I got nominated 21, when I was nominated and my career kind of took off at a time where I was just discovering myself, you know, and my nature is to, even when I'm going through the hard stuff is to just kind of work at the good stuff. And as I get older and people are like, how are you so happy? How are you? So this, and I'm kind of like, well, you know what, actually the answer is, is that I work at it. Right. It's not something that just happens. It's actually something that I've had to actively pursue. Yeah. When, when things did feel really negative, you know, there were moments in my life that felt like, especially when you're dealing with a situation like myself, who with a challenging parental relationship, there are moments that feel like you feel very unloved and not happy at all. The opposite, you know? And for me, it was like... This is not referring to your mother, by the way. <laughs> Goldie. This would be clear. <laughs> they are all the things that, you don't know. Goldie, <laughs> that monster.
1: <laughs> this is where we out that Goldie horn. She's turned 75 yeah, and we'll take her This is where down. we
0: find out my mother is baby Jane. She's had me locked up in, in the, the room. She's feeding me rats. <laughs> no. No, not my mother. Oh, my God. My mother is my everything. No, but, you know, my dad, I mean, you know, we've had a challenging relationship. And when you're young, it, it, it's, it's a lot. It's just a lot. And in moments like that, it's like a choice. It's like, which, what, how am I going to choose? What am I going to choose here? Am I going to choose to feel, to carry like unworthiness and a lack of feeling loved with me? Or am I going to choose to kind of understand it and go, go there and figure out what my insecurities are and all these things? And it takes, it takes work to feel good. What is life worth living if you can't enjoy it? And that's always what it boils down to when I'm feeling my most fragile. I just go to this place of like, oh, fuck this. Right. Do you get bored of feeling like shit? I get bored sometimes. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I get mad at it. You're like, what am I doing? It's also the challenge of like growing up privileged and having all of this stuff where I grew up, the beginning was like, who am I to have issues Who am I to have struggles? Who am I? I didn't know it in my twenties. I started realizing it in my thirties. And by like my second failed relationship with a kid, it was like, you keep hitting a wall and you're like, well, maybe I need to deal with some of the trauma that I've had in my life. And then you realize everybody has their own trauma and you got to deal with it. And then I get sick of the trauma and I'm like, fuck this. I just want to enjoy my life. I mean, tomorrow Who knows what tomorrow brings? How have you dealt when you've had a morning when you've just woken up and you've just gone, fuck? You know what's funny? My moments have nothing to do with me. What? Honestly, I just get sad. So I get sad that people are suffering or that there's this sense of deep anxiety that everyone's sort of living with that and fear that they don't know where their next paycheck is coming. I had an amazing interview with Farid from CNN yesterday, and we were talking about where we're going to be in these next couple of years and how so many people who work in, whether it be the cruise industry or, you know, in restaurant and how devastating that is. And I, I, that's when I start to get, I just get really sad. Contextually sad. I just feel like, okay, well, what are the things that I can do? And these are the times for me that I actually want to lean into being more, even more entertaining because that's what, that's what I have. That's all I have really. Fire up the jazz hands. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, there's nothing like making people happy with being able to let, allow them to fantas- be infantis- fantasize or feel like they can disappear for a little bit. I just want to create more. It's like what I feel I can do to kind of bring smiles on people's faces or, a sense of you know
1: tell me what it's like being like parenting over the past chunk of special time in confinement
0: Look, i love my kid i love everything i love them i love them i don't know what i would do without them this is but i have to be honest in the sense of like i am not meant to be a domestic mother <laughs> i'm just like not built for it i'm built for it in moments And then do you announce it? Do you go, I am cooking? You know, I've lived a life. I've created a life for me to be happy, which is then I can sometimes be like, oh, mommy's got to go away for a week and everybody's going to be good. And I make sure everything's happening, you know, and I get to go and do what fulfills my soul, travel somewhere, you know, connect as an adult, as my own person, and then come back and I'm recharged, you know? And this last year, I'm like, I just want to leave. I just want to go anywhere but my house. I'm just over everybody.
1: (laughs) And even if you walk around the block, you
0: come back in and you're like, hi! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Give me two hours hiking with my friends. What have you been doing when you've left the house for yourself? What have you tried to? Well, I've started to golf because my family all golfs but me. And so I was like, well, fuck this. Like I got to at least be able to get on the, you know, and listen, golfing and drinking is really fun. It's perfect. It's really fun. So tell me everything. Set the same. The golf courses are open and I'm sort of like, all right, well, if someone wants to invite me out to a driving range, anyway, I got out there one time I got on due driving range and I actually like have a natural ability to hit the ball. And this instructor was like, if you don't learn how to golf, it's a, it's a, it's a travesty. So I started golfing and, and is travesty the wrong word? No, travesty is good. I just said tragedy, anything. Yeah. Tragedy, travesty. It's it's a
1: deprivation. It's a global deprivation. If he's like, he's like, you're
0: literally, you have a, a natural ability to do something. You have to honor the bad golfers by actually just at least learning how to golf. So that's what I'm doing. I'm learning. And I have to say. It's really nice because you're outside, you're actively doing something. It makes me feel a little bit normal. I've been hiking. Hang on, back to the golf for a second, back to the golf. How many drinks can, is it, because sometimes I
1: remember when I used to play, like, cool in in college, I'd be two drinks and my eye would get in perfectly, but then it would be a mess. Is, is Is there an ideal amount of alcohol in the body on the golf course that makes it just chef's kiss?
0: I feel like my golf game gets better the drunker I get, but it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It just matters how I'm experiencing it. What's your beverage of choice? Oh, Bloody Mary or beer on a golf course. You know, although I do like like an afternoon white wine, you know. I thought. I just imagine you on the golf club with a bunch of clubs and a bloody mary yeah. and, some and of celery. just a whole cooler, a cooler of all kinds of choices. Look, you know, it's funny. I love my cocktails. People are sometimes like, "God, you really love a cocktail." I'm like, "No, I'm not like that," you know. But I do. Oh my god, I love a cocktail. I've never been a crazy, crazy like drinker, drinker because I I work out too much. But sometimes I think about the 40s and like how long people lived back. You know, like if you know, like my grandmother. Who lived to like ninety six? Had a scotch and water every night. Every night, go mix up a little lunch on the Weight Watchers, and mm-hmm. then go get your vodka. <laughs> I love how you just said mix up the mix up the lunch on the Weight Watchers. You clearly have no idea what WW is. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. This week I'm hanging out with Kate Hudson, like me, a fellow natural blonde.
0: on, I have another one. How vain are you? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I want to answer that honestly. You've had people looking at you since you were
1: 21 years old, and now you're 56, so it's a long time.
0: <laughs> I would say if if if. if was a vanity from like one to ten it would escalate right like it would depend on the day it's like if it's the golden globes or the oscars i'm like a ten and a half right, right. i'm showing up for everybody i'm like you know what i'm gonna give everybody what they want and i love putting on the dress it's like when people sometimes look at me and they go like, oh god i'm like no uh uh-uh. this is not oh god this is fun. And we're going to have fun. And I'm going to like get the hair and everybody gets excited. And my glam team is all excited. And like, I just want to show up for everybody, you know? And so it matters. Like it matters to me if I've got a pimple on my face, I'm like, oh my God, it's the golden gloves in two days. You know, I love fashion and I love fantasy and I love glamour. And I think glamour is fantasy. It's fun for me to have those moments where I get to like feel fabulous you mm-hmm. know I enjoy it and I've chosen to enjoy it and then you can just turn it off and then there's another part of me that's like a one I just don't care and I think also that has to do I grew up with boys and I grew up with the thing where if I came downstairs with like all done up like my brothers would be like ugh <laughs> I'd be like, what do you mean they'd be like you look so weird you know, and I'd be like, but I'm, but I'm pretty aren't, don't I look pretty? They're like, no, you know, like that's how I grew up. So uh, there's the other part of me that isn't vain at all. When I'm strong, I feel the best when I am in a strong body, when I know that like I've had some good vitamin D and my skin is glowing and I'm taking care of myself, I feel good about myself. And I, and I don't think it has to do with the way I look as much as it does how I feel right. And so I listen to that. So like, there are times because I don't have that, like vanity, I don't put on a face every day. I don't do it. So there are times where I'm like, I need to shower and like wax.
1: There's things coming out of me. <laughs> okay, wait, work. I want to go to work, the other work, you know, the one about being an act. Yes. How ambitious are you? Because you? you had, again, have had so much success for so long, but how ambitious are you at,
0: at 56 years old? <laughs> I sometimes wish I was more, and I think that I'm not. I'm really not, and I I sometimes look at other peers that I have a lot of respect for, and they're very ambitious, and I'm not. I never have been. I mean, my agent used to say to me, like, I'm more upset than you when you don't get something, or, you know, you got to call this person. You should call them, and I'm like, if they don't want me, I'm not going to call them, you know? Right, right. It's two things. It's my spiritual side and it's my creative side that kind of come together. And it's like, if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. And if someone doesn't want me or if they do want me, then, then I'm the right person for the job. You can't force it. No. And, and, and if I, I I think I'd be really unhappy if I was ambitious because I'd feel so let down all the time. I'd be, you know, actors are rejected all the time. I mean, it's such a, like, we're just constantly rejected, you know, and Something I'm very comfortable with.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to say to you, because that's, I mean, I was, it's so tough and so fickle. And again, yes, you grew up with famous parents. And yes, you had, you know, doors open to you that are those
0: you know, who just
1: drove in from Ohio did not
0: have. Yeah. But that said, it's a very subjective business. I mean, how's it wh- But then it gets around and then it's like, oh, that's Goldie Hawn's daughter. And then it kind of works against you. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword. You get the foot in the door, but then all of a sudden everybody is sort of like, I don't want to, eh, I don't want to deal with that. When was there a time that you
1: really wanted something or I know mean, you've pretty, la- you know, laissez-faire about it, but when when someone said actually no and you're like, fuck, I, wa- I wanted that. And then it was hard to see your way out of it?
0: Yeah, there were a couple parts that I got close to getting that I didn't get. And, oh, yeah, but you know, I really do have that thing of like, oh, there's a reason for it. I think the things that now happen, it's more like, it's more the age thing where you kind of go, I don't understand why girls that are younger than me are playing parts that are supposed to be for my age.
1: Really? Isn't this supposed to be
0: getting better? No, 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 no making movies, there's a certain group and it's a certain age and it's just, it's just what it is. I'll try to get the rights to something that's like right in my age group, you know? And it's still, then you'll hear the other names that are trying to get it. And I'm like, but she's 15 years younger. I don't understand. 15 years old. It's not about ambition. It's just about like, you know, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You know, just because you're going to spend the money because it's a female project doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to the fact that you're now hiring a girl that's too young to play the part anyway.
1: Right, right, right. And I mean, given that you, I mean, I, I, I joke, you were 24 years old forever when you turned 30. It's because of all those L.A. doctors, you know. Can you imagine what it would have been like for you being famous at 21 in this
0: era? Oh, it suck. I had so much fun we could be naughty and no one was watching but us. We could enjoy our life and dance on tables and it would just be a story that someone could tell. I mean, I have memories of when I was coming up like 19 and going to Sundance before it was like, you know, everyone was selling product. And it wasn't that long ago. This all happened within 10 years, our entire industry changed. I think the only real leg up I got from my parents, like meaning in life is, is that I like, I know that you should never count on fame and success to be what makes you feel accomplished as an actor, right? right? Like your accomplishments come from the people that you're working with, how you're enjoying your work what you're putting into it, what's happening on the day. Like the accomplishment comes from when you really love what you do and you're doing it and you get paid to do it and that's it. The expectation over here, if you feed into that ever, you'll be miserable, you'll be miserable. It's like, for me, it's like, okay, the bubble I try to live in, do your work, do the best thing, enjoy the people, have fun with the actors, get weird and then let it go and just enjoy your life. And I think that that, that's what my parents gave me, that I was able, I think that's what's made this career really enjoyable for me. And I don't put too much- And lasting. Maybe, yeah. And and I don't put, it's like, I just want to do good work and I just want to keep doing it. And hopefully I just bring some happiness and enjoyment to people's lives. That being said, if I was young now, there's so much like, social media creates such a fleeting- value impression. Yeah. It's sort of like you're, I don't know. It's like, how, how clever can you be? I grew up in a time when it was like how beautiful something can be, how cinematic something is, or, you know, how aesthetically artistic something is. And I, I feel like kids want the band again. They want the art again. They want like, you know, Ryder just said to me, he's like, mom, I'm, I need to find a nineties camera and I want to shoot this movie on it on like a a nineties camera. And I was like, yes, you do. (laughs) He's still checking out all the TikTok girls and all this stuff, but, but you know, he's, he wants to create art. He wants to create cool shit.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think he came imprinted with that. So, well done, mom. Okay, I want to do this thing called it's called ten firsts. None of them are sexual, so don't get excited.
0: Okay, um, first big break. Almost famous. Although, in, in experience, it was on auditioning for John Carpenter. So that was really my first big break. Ah, okay. For what was that? Well, the first job I ever got was in a part, Kurt couldn't find the girl who was supposed to play the president's daughter in Escape from L.A. with John Carpenter. And they were auditioning all these girls. And one day in the morning, I was, like, getting ready for school. And Kurt was downstairs. He's looking at all these pictures, and he's like, this is crazy. And I can't, can't find the girl, you know, and... I was looking at it and I was looking at all these girls, my age, they're all like 16 to 18. And I was like, pa. And he goes, yeah. I was like, can I audition? And he was like, no. I was like, please. He's, and he, he had to think about it for like three days and finally he's like, okay, you want to audition? And I was like, yeah. And and I went in and I got to audition for John Carpenter and that was like a big deal. I'm such a John Carpenter fan. And that was a big, really big deal and real nerve wracking and, did you lube up your biceps and stuff over a tank? <laughs> Honey, I don't need to lube up my biceps. Not, so not ripped. Almost famous then, yes. Almost famous, yeah. That was my, that's what brought my, I mean, that made me a, more of a household name for sure. The face in the scene where he's, what is he trades you for
1: beer or something? I won't ever forget that scene. The, the 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 heartbreak on it and everything in your face
0: and... I won't ever forget filming that scene. It was actually a very highly stressful day and Cameron and I were fighting. I felt like I was putting everything into it. And Cameron was like, I don't have it and you're not giving me what I need. And I was like, no, I know I am. And I finally, I had to like gather myself for a second and be like, okay, just don't listen to Cameron. (laughs) Don't listen to this. Okay. He's like having a moment. I, I just need to say my lines and do the work. And I I know I can give him what he, he might not know what he needs right now. And I'm going to give it to him. So I did it and I knew, I knew it. I knew it when I did it and he, he didn't. And he kept me going. I went to Cameron after and I said, Cameron, I promise you. I know we did. I know I did it. I know I gave you what you want. And like, then two days later he came into my trailer and he's like, oh my God, I just saw dailies. He's like, you're gonna, it's, it's like such a great, great. I'm so great. I'm so happy, you know?
1: Well, I think this leads into the next one, which is probably maybe, the, I don't know if it's the same answer, but first time you felt like a successful actor.
0: I still feel like there's so much to do. I don't know. That's a really hard question. I know when I felt like I was a movie star, I knew the feeling of how other people like, you yeah, know, when was that? And I went into a building I think it was what I just announced. I was pregnant or something and I was walking out of the building and they had to shut a street down. It, it was literally like, what's happening? And they were like, you're in the building. And I was like, wait, that's just, that just doesn't that none of that makes any sense. And I think that's when I realized like, oh, you know, there's like an, a, a, an, int- an interest that is. Clearly, but you know, I still kind of think that that things like that are absurd and I think that you invite them. So what I mean by that is, is if I wanted to feed into that kind of stardom, I think I would have chosen my life differently. The choices I made in my life differently, the way I live my life differently, how I go out in the world differently, what I wear, how I look when I'm, you know, you can choose that. And I've never felt like, I don't understand why anything would deserve that. Unless it's like his holiness. Then I'd be like, okay, put up the barricades. Pope versus Kahan. Stand back. Stand back.
1: You would ask him through yourself. Okay. Oh, bad segue, but here we go. Like me
0: pregnant. I'm like, this is weird. (laughs) Okay. First love scene. My first love scene was with Stuart Townsend
1: Mm -hmm.
0: on this little film i did in ireland called about adam oh yeah i remember that i think i slipped a little nip out too Did they ask you to or you just volunteered i don't care about stuff like that were you nervous or were you just like okay here we go love scenes don't make me nervous not even your first time i just don't like when guys are presumptuous like I like when I'm working with a guy and a man who's really like mindful and careful and wants me to feel comfortable. And then it's like, fine. But when you're working with someone who's not like that, you're a little bit like, okay, let's go have a conversation. Here's how this is going to work.
1: <laughs> Your hand's going to go here and I'll get the, I'll get the nip out if I want.
0: That was really crazy.
1: But yeah, I my mean, first love scene was Stuart Townsend up on a rooftop. Stuart Townsend, on a rooftop, Ireland, one nipple, not two. I think it was one nip. It's good. It's (laughs) the entry level. Entry level I've seen. You just do one. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think Almost Famous was only one nip too. Wow. You really eased your way in. Was it the different nip or the same nip? It's just, I think it was the same nip. (laughs) I think it also is the same nip that produces the most milk. You know, it's my most famous nip across the board. (laughs)
1: first time you owned your shit as a working mom first time you were like all right I've got shit to do everywhere and I'm not taking your shit
0: from who anyone I think it's just happening in my life (sighs) right I'm a pleaser I've had to learn how to structure and say you know no and yes but also I think that I'm just now getting to that point where I'm tired of pretending that certain things look the way that they look when they don't aren't actually the way that they look. And that comes with getting older too, doesn't it? Just like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for it. And I don't have time for things anymore that aren't okay. Kate in her
1: peach-colored scrunchie
0: has <laughs> never owned her shit more than right
1: now. Okay, first Star magazine cover, mood. Was it you and your mom? It was you and your mom. Give the me, first one was me and my again. mom, but then was it yeah. the nude one? That's right, the naked one because, with a bit of uh, metal mess, draped over your butt or something, wasn't it? Okay, uh, first time you realized you had famous parents?
0: Um, I don't remember, but I do remember feeling always very, like, why, why do people like them so much? Right. Like, they, like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think that's more about, like, you're kind of, like, you see it more as a distraction to like what you're doing as a kid than actually recognizing that they're famous. I remember watching Kurt in, I think it was the thing or maybe it was escape from New York or something like that. Right. Hey, it was, was they, doing a lot of escaping. Yeah. It was when they were starting to, to show us the movies. It must've been like eight where it was like, Oh, they're cool. Like they And it wasn't even just like, Oh, they're famous. It was like, this guy is really cool. And she's really hilarious. Like it's like, we knew they were good. Did he wear the tanks around the house ever? Oh, crop tops. Oh, crop tops. That's right. He was a crop top eighties dad. Yeah. Yeah. He was going through some of this stuff and he found one of his old shirts. And that should be in the Smithsonian. It should. That's what we were saying. This should be in like a, you know, what should be in the Smithsonian are his, his moccasins from big trouble in little China. Like those are to me, like that, that is so, that whole outfit to me is like Kurt. Okay. First drink you order. Dirty martini. How dirty? Really dirty. Soiled? Mm, No, almost. I don't like when they're like brown, but I like when you can see the dirt. How many olives? I get three olives and then I get them on the side. I think I've seen this. Yeah. yeah for snacks. I get the three and then the three on the side. The other thing is, is I am a absolute like die hard wine and I love my Montrachet's. I love my white burgundy, my white burgundy wines. And I love a super Tuscan. I love an Italian big red.
1: I mean, why have a Tuscan when you can have a super Tuscan? Mm, that's what I say. Who wants a regular weak ass pansy <laughs> Tuscan? okay first first and most recent fashion splurge or purchase
0: my first splurge ever was when tom ford was at gucci it was the velvet suit era the red the red red velvet suit right and i went in there and i saw a blue one and that was like i have to have this blue suit and then i also got the cutout you got the white cutout dress did you with the hip bone It was different than what the other ones were. It was like in Gucci. Um, But those are my first big splurges was I'll never forget it. I went to the Gucci. It was on, you know, in New York, uh, uptown. Okay. First thing you do or eat if you're stressed out. I really don't like stress eating. Now, if I'm happy, I like happy eating. Uh, It would be French fries. That's my weak, My weak spot is, is french fries. And my kids love them and I see them almost every other day. And it's actually, it stresses me out watching everyone eat french fries all the time. Okay, first thing you'll do when this goddamn pandemic is over. I want to go to restaurants. I want to see my friends in a bar. I want to just sit down and talk to my friends. I'm going to get on an airplane and, like, kiss the flight attendants and just be like, I love you guys. And yeah, just <laughs> climb on them. Don't think this is weird, but can I hug you? Um, yeah. We haven't met. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm, I love I love to connect to people. You know, it's like people are like, oh, you must hate doing press junkets. I'm like, actually, no, I love talking to people. You have to shut me up. You know, yeah, you're just gonna come
1: hurtling out of your house like a freaking meteor. You will not you you won't need a plane. You're just gonna propel yourself. <laughs> so Kate Hudson, guess what? You're aces. You're aces. And look, again, I love you and respect you because you're you you're in life and you always have been. Thank you. This has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Savarese, Daniel Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Erica Wong. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Hayley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at LauraBrown99.